Well, hello there. I hope you're having an excellent week. I am finally back. I feel like I'm finally settling in a little bit here. It's been a very busy stretch. But uh, for this episode, I'm going to talk about a question that's been weighing pretty heavy on me lately, and that is, how much do your values really count? How strong will you hold to them? Because the answer to that question can really impact your ability to lead. Hi, this is Kirk Kinnear. I'm here to support leaders that know what it feels like to carry that heavy burden, who care about their staff and want to make an impact in the organizations they're leading. My commitment to you as a current leader is to give you company and to bring you to a place of leading lightly. Man, values have become more and more important in society. I think they've grown in importance, to be honest. I believe they grow in importance because they are being held more loosely by society as well. People say one thing and they do another thing. Here's how this applies in a workplace. Imagine you have a boss. Let's say that boss has a list of values and one of them is to be honest and truthful. You're like, oh, that's that's great. As an employee, you need something to lean into because if you didn't have values to lean into, you'd have a book that's 600 pages long of if this happens, you must do this. If this happens, you must do that. You've all seen it, those real long manuals. That's That's what lawyers have to live by. They have to have an awful lot of rules or clarity around rules so that they can enforce them. But as a boss, if you had a textbook with hundreds of pages of what to do in every situation and you added a new page every time you ran into a new situation, your staff would become completely immobilized. So you have your boss, you're not going to read a manual, you're definitely not going to memorize six or 700 pages like a lawyer can. So now you're stuck. You have to trust these values. So your boss goes and says their number one value is honesty. And you're like, oh, that's that's so great. You go through your life uh, in this career, working for this boss, and she or he uh, keeps talking about how the truth or honesty is such an important value. Then you roll a little bit further down and you realize uh, you're in a situation that demands truth. So you get asked questions and you give out the truth. You say, here's exactly what happened. And you tell your boss this, this situation. Then you go into another meeting and you notice that your boss is saying it in an entirely different way than what you had just said. You know you said everything perfectly or at least as best you can, but you see that the truth is getting twisted in the next situation. Now, think about what you're going to do in the next situation that you need to be honest about, especially if it's not being manipulated in your favor, it's being manipulated in your employer's favor, your boss's favor. What happens is you start to erode your trust. So, Why is this so important for an organization? It is critically important for an organization, but why is it? I've thought a lot about this because I remember in my second year of the Masters in Leadership program, we had this exercise where everyone was sitting there and one, I don't know whether it was, 
I think it was. One organization was running off of values and the other one was running off of rules. What created what it created was one organization that was moving quickly and one organization that was moving really slow. In other words, every scenario had to move its way up to the top to have a decision made. And in the other situation, people were making decisions, kind of shooting from their hip a little bit more based on the values of their organization. I'm not exactly sure if that was the exact way the exercise went, but that was definitely how I saw it as I was playing this out because I kept learning about how values matter more now than they've ever mattered. Yet, uh, I, I couldn't understand how it played up until I watched the scenario play out. And everybody had to accomplish so many goals, but one organization was moving much faster than the other in this, in this demonstration or this kind of activity that we were all going through. So I, I was sitting there and observing this, and I was thinking more and more about my old job, uh, the job I was in at that time, and how things quickly get very overwhelming in leadership. When you have, you know, if you have five people that report to you, it's a very different scenario than when you have 10 or 20 or 50 or 100 or over 1,000 people. The situation changes rapidly from your ability to control everything to your ability to influence things. Now, the difference between control and influence is control you're going to be able to lay out. If this happens, you have to do this. If if this other situation happens, you have to do this. Um, but influence means people know that you have their back if you're doing the right thing and you're giving them more clarity around what that right thing is. I'll give you an example. If you were to provide excellent customer service to an organization and you had the control mechanism you'd be like, everybody has to walk away with a smile. And you would sit there and say, okay, so what is a smile? Like, what's a smile if someone's from a different culture? Uh, what's a smile, the difference between different people? And how do you define a smile? Is it like uh, one third increase on the sides of your face that makes a smile? Or is a smile like a dimple of forming on your cheek? But what if somebody has a different style of dimple? Maybe they don't have a dimple. Oh, no, is that a smile? So then you start writing more and more definitions of what a smile is. And your staff start to struggle with what makes a smile. So maybe they're going to be like, oh, you know what? If I can kind of make them cringe, it'll look like a smile. And that'll that'll fit my fit the bill. And of course, you know, I'm just using this as an example, but it, it makes it much more clear, at least in my head. And I hope it makes it clear in yours. Now, the other example of this is if you were going more values-based, you'd be like, everyone needs to leave happy. And that could be difficult to, like, what is happy? But what happy is, is it's not a, a specific, defined facial motion that creates happiness. It's, it's, a, it's a feeling. And you could say, you know, if you want to lean more into values, you could come up with a better definition than happy. I just kind of came up with that on the spot. But which, what you're seeing is how important it is on what you use as your definitions around your values. So, you know, maybe maybe people don't leave with the happiness 
maybe you're just saying we're always going to be cheerful. But what is cheerful? And how far down the rabbit trail are you going to go? Because you know that every step further into a definition of, of a value, the more difficult it is for your staff to interpret. Now, again, this doesn't matter. If you have two or three staff under you, or even a seasonal team of like 10, it doesn't matter. Or maybe even 20 seasonally, it doesn't matter. But if you have long-term staff working for you for a long time, how much you lean into your values matters more and more. Because you are in a state where you influence people to make better decisions and, and make more decisions on their own. You don't want a wheel that turns real slow and every single time someone needs to make an adjustment, they need to ask you. Maybe at the beginning you can guide them on a few things, but eventually you want them to know that they can have confidence to make these decisions and most importantly that you have their back. That is why values matter so much. You, as a leader of an organization, want to have a very small rule book and very clear values that people can make a decision by. And don't go down the trail of policies and procedures. Go down the trail of clarifying the values that you're trying to create. For an old organization that I ran, we came up with you know, our vision, our mission, and our values, and it didn't take long. But it, but there was a section of it, like it was leading the way to healthy, active living for all. And that whole mission statement, everybody understood. Because instead of saying for who, we said for all, which is inclusion. We didn't have to add inclusion as a value because we already had it in our mission. And if you think through your organization in this way, things get a lot clearer. But you have to make sure that every word counts but can be interpreted properly by your staff. Now, again, this does not matter as much if you're working for, uh, if you have two or three staff. I can tell you it'll make your life a lot easier. But where it really starts to backfire, and I've seen this, I I saw this with one person I worked with. Um, She was really good at leading a small team and then moved to a bigger team and completely crumbled under the pressure. And I started looking at the management style that this person was leading with, and it did not work for a large team. She was used to everything flowing up to her and her making every decision. So what I did was I worked with her on clarifying her values and encouraging staff to work with her to uphold them. And where she fell short a few times right at the beginning was she would back off of her values and start making decisions. And I said, you are not there to make a decision. Your reply to this situation needs to be, what do you think would be the best way to uphold the values? They give you an answer. You can give a little more clarity around the values, but you are not making the decision for them. That's the difference between running one or two staff and leading them properly and leading a large team or a movement. Now, where I find uh, the world falls short quite often is People fall for soothing words. They fall for, uh, I can think of a political leader right now that says, I care for all, um, I'll just, I won't say which group of people, but he commonly just says, I care for all. As you will see, we've cared for all, but he's not upholding the values. 
because what he's doing doesn't align with what he's saying. And every time he does that, he's eroding his own trust. And eventually, it'll always come back. Everything has two sides to it. And eventually, that when that comes back, it's really going to hurt him and the organization or the, the area that he's overseeing. That's why it's so important for you as a leader to have very clear values. And whenever you're placed in a situation where you have to decide or your, or your staff are asking you to decide, try and think through it. How am I going to coach them on upholding the values that I or hopefully we've all agreed to uphold? Because the better you get at coaching people to uphold the values, the less decisions you're going to have to make in the future. And of course, this is about leading lightly and the less decisions you have to make in the future, the less work you have to do, the lighter your load is as a leader. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't let everything go. Um, or, or you That doesn't mean you do let everything go. You got to make it clear that on this level, you're stepping in. But for an awful lot of those smaller decisions, you're just helping them uphold the values and you have to make sure as long as your team is upholding the values or as long as the staff with the issue that's come to you has clearly made an effort to uphold the values, not breach them, not twist them, but uphold them, you have to have their back right to the end. And if you do that, you will build a level of trust that you don't see in many organizations and your workload will significantly diminish what's the whole point of this podcast. So I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. If you liked it, remember to subscribe. If you know other leaders who could benefit from leading lightly, feel free to share. For more resources, visit our website at leadinglightly.com.